Testies, testies, one, two, three. Testies, testies, one, two, three. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Boxing Club Podcast. I am yours truly, Big Chubbs, alongside with my potter, Mr. El Wapo. What's up, coach? We are here today. Another good day. How you doing? I'm doing great. Real hey, what's up with these two knuckleheads, man? They keep going on dates without us. The two lovebirds? <laughs> I think they just discovered a new thing and they just can't seem to right? resist each other. It's just the WAP and Big Chubs today, guys. So you guys are in for another great episode. <laughs> so let's get right into it, Coach. All right. Let's talk about last night, Virgil Ortiz. Oh, it was his birthday yesterday too, right? Was it? Yeah, it was his birthday. No way. So very happy guy. Became oh. champion on his birthday, huh? Yep. Very good. That's very good. super dope. That's the best gift you could give yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the fight? Uh, obviously a good fight for him. A uh, very good fight. Um, the guy's game. Kid's young. Um, hungry. Um, when I say he's hungry, he's talking about I'll fight anybody. I don't care about the money. Right. That's hungry. Um, in other words, he wants to put his name out there. He's not chasing the money. And that's rare today in boxing. Everyone's chasing money. Yeah. He's chasing for glory. Yeah. So you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you, do you, do you think he took, like, break down the fight for me. Like, what did, what were your thoughts about the whole fight? Well, I mean, he fought an experienced veteran, and that, that's, that's a good way and a world champion. Mar, Mar, Maurice Hooker gave him yeah. the toughest fight of his career, though. Which is, which is true. And, you know, so he passed the test. So that's what you're looking for on, on a young fighter. Um, you know, what blemishes are you looking for? Well, again, when you're fighting for a world title, the nerves are all there. Anything that – because that's the best time when your body starts attacking you, meaning – Am I really ready for this fight? I'm telling everybody I'm ready for this fight. I'm psyching myself ready for this fight. But when you get closer to the ring and then you're inside the ring, that's when your body starts, your mind starts doubting it, meaning, uh oh, do I really belong here? So you kind of have to wake up where you're there. And to me, he passed the test on what he wanted yeah. to do. So he started out like he, he, he kind of like bore rushed in the first couple of rounds. Yeah, I think that's the nerves. And then, and then Hooker. Hooker finally settled in, and like the fourth round, I think I think Hooker is only round that he won was the fourth round. That's a possibility. Yeah, it was good. Like, but did you see how Virgil Ortiz was all like touched up? Like he he was really touched up, and and Maurice Hooker was like clean. Yes. Uh, again, that's the experience of the other fighter. Hooker, mm. meaning you know that's that's his job to do that. So again, um, when I talk about young fighters who are hungry. You still have to work your defense more each time. Everyone's working on punching. When I see guys, I go, oh, I love it. I see you punching. I see you throwing. I get it. You're perfecting it. But you're not toughening up your defense more. And right. just because your hands are up doesn't mean you're really blocking. And what do I mean by that? Um, meaning if my hands are up, where are they placed? You know, they're behind my ears, um, above my head below my chin your hands are up but it doesn't mean they're really blocking you really have to sense where you, you the idea is where you most who you want you want to put your hands where you're not blocking your eyes in other words you know learn to protect your nose do not get your nose bloody in the ring and if you can do that and not block your vision where your hands are hiding then you, you know and keep them there consistently and because that's what it's about timing the uh, your other opponent's looking to break you down he says okay i see your hands are up but how we move where your hands are dancing, there's your lack of defense. And that's where you start getting mucked up. 
Yeah. So, um, you you know what I, I I do like about Ortiz is that how he moves his feet to catch you at the right angle. Right. Oh, dude, he does that so yeah. swift. It's, it's good. It's so I, nice, you know. And I agree. I I I was looking how he would position his feet to throw his punches, and I'm just like, and I thought about you. Right. I was like, oh shit! I think coach is liking how he's fighting because he's fighting with his feet, not just his hands. Right. And you have to. So, and I know I know that's something that you always you always preach. You you can't fight with just your hands. You got to fight with your feet. Correct. In other words, if your hands can fight but your feet can't, again, you're going to be lost. And what I mean by that, when anybody can hit a punching bag, right? But the punching bag doesn't attack. So when you're punching a bag, move your feet around. Don't just stand there for a whole hour without your feet moving. And say, yeah, I, I did a good workout on the bag. And somebody says, yeah, but I seen you punching. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, but your feet never moved once. You know, you know, it's funny that you say that because when I came on Thursday, right. I was hitting the bag. Correct. And uh, Eric was here also. Right. And he was like, hey, he's like, you better not let Coach see you not move your feet. He's like, you better move around that bag. And I was like, oh, shit, where's Coach? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, it's like it, it's not only embedded in, in Eric, right, that's your fighter, but it's in us, too, that you train us. and it's, Right. We get complacent at times, and and us as you know, I, I'm not a fighter, but right, I I train here with you, and it's like my feet constantly have to be moving. They have to be moving. So when when I when I saw that last night with Virgil Ortiz, and I was like, dude, this this guy's he's got he's got okay, very, very nice footwork, and and a lot of power. Correct. Uh, people tend to forget when 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 a student or a fighter comes to a gym. And they want to meet the coach. The first thing the coach is going to say to you, at least a good coach, how's your stand-up? Now, but to say how's your stand-up does not mean how do you punch. I'm not asking you how you How's your stand-up mean? How's your balance of movement? Yeah. Does that, are you flat-footed? Yeah, okay, we need to work on flat-footed. Are you, are you in the ball of your feet? Are you, you, know, are you shifting? Now, you can't be flat-footed when you're power-punching which is called sitting down on your punches. But you can't sit on your punches 24-7. You have to move. When do you sit on your punches? When your opponent's hurt or not moving and when he's getting tired. Then you can sit on your punch when you're the stronger guy. But if don't test the water right off the bat because why? Well, your opponent's always strong in the early rounds, not in yeah. the later rounds. So it's usually in the later rounds when you start sitting on your punches or you catch them off guard, right. if that makes sense. Did you watch the uh, the... It's, it's not. It wasn't the co-main event, but the one before that, uh, the Lopez versus Lopez. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the Argentinian. Right. Dude, that guy was ripped, right? Yes. That guy looked like a bodybuilder, bro. And I'm just like, oh man, uh, Doberman Lopez has no chance with this guy. Right. He fought and he tried, but it, he was just ripped. Right. Like, oh, like not one ounce of fat on that dude. Right. And his punches were just like I would feel that through the TV, and I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, it's so. And and he was flat-footed, right. throwing haymakers and landing them. And I'm just like, "Dude, how's this guy so ripped?" And he took the fight on a week notice, right? And he's in shape. Yeah, well, he's in shape. Yeah, he works hard. And again, that's a guy that doesn't move his feet. You're right. Um, how do you counter a fighter like that? Don't stand in front of him. Yeah. Therefore, there's that call of moving your feet again. But yeah, that that, that fight where he stopped him in the in the seventh or eighth round, uh, seventh in the seventh round. Yeah, poor guy. Doberman was like, 
spit out his mouthpiece. I'm done, dude. Right. That's when, you. that's when you realize okay, I have no no more to give. Because he was coming at him and he was like clean shots, uppercuts, hooks, lefts, rights, jabs. And the guy was like Transformers. Not Transformers. Uh, Transparent? No, the Terminator the just ter- kept coming forward. Oh, the ter- just kept yeah. coming forward. <laughs> Determined, kept, yeah. And I was like, damn. This guy is getting rocked and he's just running right through him. I think it's because he was all that muscle. Well, a muscle can hurt you and help you at the same time. You want muscles. You just don't want bulk muscle, like a balloon muscle, like a like a weightlifter. That's not lean muscle. Um, those kind of muscles, it takes more oxygen and more move, more weight to move around. It's like having a carrying a rock with you. You can only carry it for so long when it gets tired. And I think that's why his footwork wasn't all that best. He was he wasn't slow. I mean, right. he wasn't fast. He wasn't on his feet, and he was he was coming forward and he was just letting him go. Right. But no, that was that that was a good fight. A good fight. I feel bad for Doberman though, because that guy he was poured his heart out and fought his ass off and just couldn't do nothing. Well, you know, for the next one, you know, you learn from. Hopefully, he learns from it yeah. and he moves on. You, you can't really, you know, if you lose on a on a fight, you just can't crumble, which a lot of boxers do. Sometimes they they just like, oh, it's over for me. I lost. There's nothing more for me. You. A good coach and trainer would teach you, hey, we just keep going and we learn from it. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. For a fighter, it feels that way, but it's not. Yeah. There's been a lot of world champions that have lost fights in their earlier years and become world champions later. So back to Virgil Ortiz, what's uh, next yes. for him? Oh, well, he's calling everybody out, which I love that. And like I said, he wants the best and he says he doesn't care about the money. Uh, I, I like that. I like to hear that. So if he doesn't get Crawford or Spence, right? Who else is there for him? Oh, well, the door is open for him. And and again, it really it opens up the doors since he's he's open. If he's open to anybody, it's really it's again it comes to the management. Yeah, it's the management and the management's you know again he just got his t- he just got the world title. He's still young, so they're gonna want to give him more experience. They and then it's smart. In other words, they say. We don't want you to go to the big dogs yet. Right. You just won the title. Don't chase another big dog. Let's build up on it. And it's and it's right to do that. And that's, that's smart. Let's build up. Let's let's take this win and grow with it. And then and then before we call out the big dogs, you're learning more about yourself. Let him enjoy the championship. Right. Having the belt. You, you know, you just don't want to win the belt and a year later you lose it. So, do you think this was his most impressive knockout since that hooker was his toughest, his toughest opponent? It's yet? one of his tougher one. I mean, for him, I mean, he would have to say one way or the other that it is for him, meaning he because that's what gave him the world title. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look previous, he's had better knockouts. Nothing, not knocking this one out. So it's just, but it's it is his best, correct? Yeah, it would be. Now, what, 17 wins, 17 knockouts? Right. He's, But you know what? There's there's a lot of that nowadays of, you know, you got Edgar Berlanga who's 13 or 14 and 0 with 14 knockouts. And then you got, you got Virgil Ortiz. Then you got, who else? Um, oh, well, the list could keep going. It, and it just goes on I, and on. It's and kind on of funny on. when you say that because you're like, well, who the hell are they fighting? Because are they fighting the same losers? Exactly. You know? And that's what, that's what I wanted to ask you is like, is is that like is that credible because they're not really fighting any big names or, or anybody? Well, I've seen this the, before in the, the past. So the I mean, I've seen this in the past before, and they're it's it's what it is. It's the management doing their job, 
and slightly cherry picking, but that's what they're supposed to do. And to to build your fighter up, to give them the confidence, and that's what you want to do. And so when I said slightly cherry picking, it is and it's not. He's building himself up. Mm-hmm. You you can't one thing you as you have to need to understand when I say the word cherry pick. You take someone for granted and lose. Uh, right. You don't want to par- cherry pick someone you were supposed to beat. So, but the management they, they look at it and they look at the stats just like in baseball, mm-hmm. and and kind of go from there and grow with it and build them up and build them up to get to that point to the peak. And every so when you get all these fighters, he's undefeated. He's undefeated. Okay, hey, let's put these guys together. They're in the same weight. One of your O's got to go. Right. And that, that just makes great drama. Mm-hmm. So that's really. A, a, because you, you also got David Benavides, right? Right. Who fought two weeks ago? Yes. Yes. Who did a great job. Another knockout. Right. You know, but he's calling out Charlo. Right. You know, that might happen. <laughs> then he called out Berlanga. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, how, that shit sucks because those are really good potential fights. Oh, they are. They are. And, and, and keep in mind what's going on sometimes when... Where the promoter and management's looking at the fights, mm-hmm. they're looking. Here's what people don't understand: they're they're looking how good you look, but they're looking at your age. And they right. say, you know what, this guy is he's too young. He's too young. Let's not go after him. This guy is three years older than you. You know what? He's at his peak. Let's not go after him right now. Let's wait two or three more years mm-hmm. when he's older, if he can keep that status going, and while you're still growing into it. People don't understand that's happening as we speak. Yeah. They're waiting. They, that, you know, if you notice, if you're an old champion, all of a sudden everybody wants to fight you. All of a sudden, all the guys come out of the woodwork because they figured, hey, you're older now. Time Now it's time to get you. Why? Because you don't move as much. Yeah. And you punch really well, but you don't move your feet really well. Now's the time to get you. You got to understand, a young guy will move a lot. It's, it's in his reflexes, you know. Um, it's like, why would I want to go after this young guy? We know he's going to move a lot. Right. And let's wait till he gets older. Let's wait till he slows down. And again, what beats power? What beats fi- speed? So yeah. nobody wants to fight somebody fast. They want to fight somebody who's a little slower, getting older. And that's what they're doing. They're looking for timing. Well, on the, I, I think it was the Benavides undercard, Pebble Cruz fought. Yes. And he fought against uh, Ramos, who's Argentinian. Right. And did you did you watch that fight? I did see that. What'd you think of that? <laughs> that was exciting for me. It was crazy, right? Yeah, it was really exciting. You can tell that Pitbull was like super frustrated, like, get over here, fight me. Right. And he was just dancing around the ring. Right. Come in, get his legs in, dip out, and then go around the ring, jump in, get his legs in. <laughs> and to be honest, that's a smart way because you're frustrated. Yeah. Oh, you can tell and he was when you, way frustrated. When, here's the thing. As a fighter gets frustrated, he opens up more meaning what his lack of defense is is closing and his offense is opening up meaning he's just throwing his arms out there yeah. and his defense are not there it's a smart game remember you don't have to beat somebody in the first round you know you have a lot of rounds to play you're looking for his weakness and, and the frustration and as you see him oh i'm getting to you i'm getting to you and when you get frustrated you don't think clearly and that's when you get caught yeah, because that was a close fight because yes. of that. And Correct. That was his, that was Pitbull's first win without a knockout. Right. And that's why you have to go back to the corner and listen to your coach and say, hey, this is what you need to do. 
you're you're making mistakes and again how yeah. do you lose fights making mistakes you don't win a, you don't win a fight by not making mistakes right so that's where the corner comes in and, you know again a fighter only sees two dimensions where i said your trainer sees three dimension meaning you're looking a fighter is only looking at your opponent where the coach or your corner man sees you and your opponent so he sees what you're doing and he also sees what your other opponent's doing that you're not quite catching and he, so when you get to the corner here's what he's trying to do and here's what you're not doing and it takes you have to really listen to your corner now when are you not really listening one when you're frustrated and when you're if you're tired if you go <sighs> while your coach is talking to you you're not really listening to him too well yeah and then you go out there ding ding get back in the ring and you're like and oh my goodness coach. i didn't get the right instructions <laughs> and, and again it takes a lot it's, learning how to breathe helps you all the time so no but yeah that was that was a good fight but he still won the majority decision or yes was it, or was it majority or unanimous it was a majority so, but again, a win's a win, no matter what. If it's a majority overall, a win is a win. Um, when is it? When is it call for a rematch? When the fight is that close, where you're like, I could have gone either way, or it's a draw. Okay, now that you bring that up, yes, Chocolatito, oh, Estrada, yes, yo, I don't know if anybody watched that fight or not, but if you didn't, you got, you have to go back and watch that fight again. I had to watch it twice. Yes. Because of what the ref only gave Chocolatito, what, three rounds? Three or four the rounds? The judge. Oh, the judge. The judge, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, here's here's what here's the thing what you were watching. One, obviously, it was kind of, it's racial, but it's not racial, of course. You had the Mexicans on one side. <laughs> right? What is yeah. it? And uh, Salvadorians? Sal- no. Uh, no, no, I, no, no. I, uh, he's not Salvadorian. He's Guatemalan. No, Guatemalan. No, Guatemalan. Ecuadorian. Ecuadorian. Yes, yes, thank you. On the other side. So obviously, if you from what country, you know what you were watching and voting for. So that yeah. itself, um, that's why you have to be neutral. And again, being that I'm Mexican, I wasn't just looking at the Mexican fighter. But both of them were a game. And it was a rematch. Mm-hmm. And it, so they were both giving, their, you know, they both put their heart into it. And so you have to watch that. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, they're both doing good. They're both standing there. They're staying in the pocket and with their defense and moving and all that. And and it was going back and forth. Um, so it, the fight was very close. It was it wasn't it wasn't being taken away. Right. But it was a close fight and it was a giving giving. And I, two ways you can look at it because and I'm not trying to be biased. And, and I said, wow, this fight could be a draw. It could. It should have been a draw. To be and honest, it, it, it could have been a draw because both of them gave their heart out. And and I can accept either of them winning, meaning okay, it, it it went to one guy by a split decision, or the other opponent. But I think the issue was, I don't think nobody would have argued with it, other than the scorecard was way off. Way. And off. and I think that's where it really brings brings the problem to the table. Was yes, it was a close fight, but the way you were seeing it, and you were you know. Yeah, front row seat, and your scorecard doesn't add up. Two plus two is four, and those numbers don't add up. Right. And that's where the issue comes in, and that's where we, we kind of get an idea. Like, what did you see that everyone else didn't see? And yeah. that's really the question. And again, the guys, the judges have the best seat in the house. Don't think you do. 
they have the best seat in the house. Meaning what? If they're fighting in a corner, really tight and close, that judge has a better view of an angle than the camera does. Or the or sitting outside and say, well, I was front row. Yeah, but you're in the opposite corner. You can't see what I'm seeing. So right. that plays into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, So sure. th- therefore, you had to really see it. But, um, but these guys were clearly not in the ropes. Oh, no. That, Does that make sense? Yeah. So... Um, they were in the center of the ring. So you, now you go, so tell me what you saw in the center of the ring that we didn't see. And that's where the problem lies. Well, you know that judge got suspended, right? Uh, yes, because he probably went, was, keep in mind, when they interview the judge, they, they place him down. They, they, they said, here, sit down. And this is what they do. Sit down and watch the fight and tell us how you're judging it. And, and come up with that reason why you judged it from from where you're sitting, from what you're seeing, from the angles of the camera. And they do that because they don't just suspend a judge just to suspend him. They, they put him down and they sit him down, just like if you're going to court. And obviously, he couldn't come up with a good excuse why he scored the way he did. So, therefore, that's where the suspension comes in. And how long they suspended him for? Uh, a couple years. A couple years. So that means it was that bad of judging. <laughs> so it wasn't like, yeah, you were kind of off and you kind of – he was really way off. And it is no fault to the fighters, right? So you can't blame them. You can't, it's hard to take – you know, for you know if, you, if you're Mexican, you're like, oh, he won no matter what. Nah, it's not his no. fault. Now, now Chuck Lee, what I like about him – the dude's the most respectful guy out there. Yep. You know, in his heart, he knew he won, but he did not badmouth it, trashed it. Or he stayed, you know, he was very humble and respectful and kept his head high. Yep. And I like that about a person because he could have said a lot of smack about it, but he didn't. Um, he could have. No excuses. I would have talked to but, him. <laughs> but he was, uh, he's a really stand-up guy. Yeah. And it, it, if you were not for him or his country... You have to respect him as a person, what he did. I'm not going to lie. I was really rooting for him. Okay, yeah, nice. I, I, I was rooting for him because yeah. I, I was, I've was i been a big fan of Chocolatito since, right. since when he was coming up. And, you know, he was the next pound-for-pound pound big shit in boxing. Right. And then he had that loss, and then he just kind of crumbled from kinda, that. Right. So. But I, I, I feel the, the fight before Estrada, he did really good. Yes. So I was like, oh, now the rematch is coming. And it was a hell of a fight. And he got, I feel like he got robbed. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it, like I said, the fight was close. Even like I said, is it a robbery? Yes and no. It, it, if, the, if the scorecard was closer, let's say one by one point, we, we would have said, okay, uh, that, I, that, that, you would accept that. Yes, you would have accept that. It's just where he got robbed, it was like, dude, where was your... Score. Where were your antennas? So, and again, I thought the fight was was so close. It was, I didn't feel neither of them really lost the fight. Mm-hmm. That's how close I felt the fight was. I go, ooh, this fight's a draw. I mean, they like I said, they both stayed in the pocket and fought each other and gave their heart out. And you don't want to take that away from say, you know what, you're a loser because no, you didn't do anything to lose. You you stood there and fought. Yeah. So that's one thing I do. I, I get passion to the fighters, and. Um, Unfortunately, again, you, when you leave your hands to the judges, and, and again, you can understand a good judging that wasn't a good judging. Right. And that happens a lot in all sports. I hear that in basketball, football, and baseball. You know, you guys chasing the um, umper, the uh, referee of the, uh, <laughs> you know, in baseball and all that. So, yeah. so there's a lot that goes on. So it, it, it sucks when you leave it on the judges. 
So. Uh, do, you, do you think there's a possible rematch for that? You know what? I, it feels like it deserves one. It deserves I'll, one. I'll be right? honest. That one there does deserve a rematch. And, and that's exactly why nobody would say it does not deserve one. That does deserve a rematch because it, it wasn't close. And like I said, um, the other guy did not dominate. No, none of them did. Does that make sense? None of them out down. It was that close. So it does, does it deserve a rematch? Without a doubt. Yeah. No one's going to argue on that and say, no, you'd be stupid. Let's avoid it. No, it, it deserves a rematch. And it's only fair. It, it really is. And, it, and you should really honor that rematch. No, hell yeah. yeah. And, and, and shut out. Yeah. Why? To shut everybody out. Because it's always going to haunt you as a fighter. Yes, you won that fight. But you know what? That fight was so close. And the riff, and that judge got... Got fired practically, you know, yeah, got suspended. You don't want to hear that on your resume. So you say, you know what? Let's have a rematch. Again, boxers are trying to prove who they really are. And if that's if that's a fight you should prove yourself because that's, you, you don't want to move on with that kind of blemish on your record. Yeah, I, I honestly hope that, you know, there is a rematch because it was dope. Like I said, if you guys have not watched that fight, uh, Chocolatito versus Estrada 2. I recommend you to go watch that fight. Drop your comments in the video below. And I guarantee you, bro, it's you're welcome. I'm telling you that right now. But yeah, coach. Um, so what's up? What's next? What's what's in the future for Crawford and, and Spence? Uh, well, the Is way, it Ortiz? The way it sounds, well, for right now, for Crawford. And this is, I mean, it, it really. Well, here's the problem. Spence wants to fight Crawford, so he says, right? But he wants 70-40. Damn. And that's ridiculous. So, um, I mean, 70-30. And that makes no sense. In other words, he goes, I want I want to get paid 70% and you get 30. When Crawford was saying, no, this fight should be 50-50. It should be 50-50. And again, why? You know, why does Spence feel like he deserves 70 when when everyone recognizes that Crawford is pound for pound. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It doesn't deserve. You Spence, you're not that special to say 70, 30. Now, I get it as a business side. I get it. But as a fighting side, no, you don't deserve that. When mm -hmm. Crawford, this is the guy everyone's avoiding. And especially when everyone's, when you have like Bob Arum talking to Spence, be careful what you wish for because you cannot beat Crawford. You're not that man who can beat Crawford. Oh, so shit. don't ask, you know, don't ask to fight him because you're going to lose. So, and again, and even even um, Terrence even says, be careful what you wish for as more. You, there's no way you can beat me. So don't ask that you're that big as you claim to be. So, and I agree. So that being said, uh, uh, when they interviewed Crawford, hey, what do you, what do you think about Spence? Uh, I'm moving on. Meaning that little bitch doesn't want to fight me. So I'm <laughs> moving on. I, I don't want to talk about it no more because... I'm not going in there giving him 70% of the pay, me 30. So we can end this conversation. I don't blame him. Right. I don't blame him. If he says, hey, 50-50, now I cannot run away from it. Right. Okay, if you're saying 50-50, fine. I'll fight you 50-50. But don't – 70-30 means you don't want to fight me. You, you're afraid of me. So you're trying to, you're trying to sucker me by saying um, – knowing that I'm not going to say yes to it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not going to happen. You don't deserve 70 you deserve 50-50. And, and I don't blame Crawford for that because why? This is the guy everyone's really, truly avoiding to fight. Is, is Spence pound for pound? 
Um, he's up in the pound for pound, but I, I if you look at the specs, they put Crawford ahead. Oh yeah, by far, not by far, but, but I, I, again, the number uh, the the king of the one forty seven would be Crawford. Um, Spence is working his way up there. He's close to it, but again, those are the two main fighters, and it's and it's sad to see two of the main guys not fight each other. It's an avoid, not 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 taken away from Crawford. Crawford says, "I'll fight Spencer." Is it's that Spencer Bob, that doesn't want to fight Crawford. Is that Bob Arum? Um, Bob Arum owns, um, obviously, Crawford's Crawford, contract. but not Terrence. I mean, uh, um, um, Spence. So who's, who's with Spence? Spence is with, who is Spence with? Is he PVC? Could, yeah, P, exactly. That's what he's with. PVC. So that's exactly who he's with. So uh, you think it's Bob Arum that doesn't want them to fight? Or uh, no, it, no, 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 no. Right now, it, Crawford's saying, I'm not going to fight. It doesn't matter if, if Bob Barron says, hey, we're fighting, not for, not for 70, 30. He goes, you know, that's when he can step up to the plate and say, no, um, I'm, not, I'm my, you know, it's my body on the line. Right. It's my reputation. Um, I'm not afraid of him, but that money, I'm not doing it. It, it. It's not a mandatory fight. Does that make sense? Right. And if it was mandatory, then Crawford says, I have to fight him because it's mandatory. It's not a mandatory fight. There's a difference. You, if it's mandatory, he can't avoid it. It's not a mandatory. So right now he says, I'm not going to fight him. And he, he clearly said it. He goes, I'm moving on. I'm going to look for someone else to fight who wants to fight me. Isn't one and of I the, don't blame him for that. Isn't one of the Charlos at 147? Uh, let me see. It's one. No, 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 no. It, no, it's it's one, 157. 158. And one, no, one, uh, 157. 157. 157 and then the other one's heavier. So oh. no. So he's not that small. Oh, all right. My bad. Hey, so uh, you think this is true that Floyd Mayweather is, is blocking the, the tank and Teal fight? Well, everyone's saying it, but it's kind of too early to call. I mean, it, it really, unless you hear Mayweather saying that. So um, it's, is it possible? Yeah, it's very possible. Um, is it a good fight? That's a good fight to happen. I mean, it, it really is sad when you can't get fighters to fight. Not like in the old days. The old days, it wasn't like that. Um, that's when I used to tell everybody back in the 80s, you fought each other. Hell yeah. All the middleweights fought each other, all the bannerweights, all the heavy. The, you, you, it was one fight after another. This is the problem. This is why, when, and I'm going to say this, why the UFC looks so good. The UFC, you can't avoid, you, when you're in the octagon with the, your opponents, you can't avoid each other. They line them up. Here's who you're fighting. You can't avoid it. And so sometimes you see good matches in the UFC because they can't fight, you know, they can't. Guy goes, I don't want to fight that guy. You have no say so. Because Dana White controls all that, right? Exactly. You're fighting him, regardless. I don't care which thing you're going to fight. It, 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 it's about good ratings, good money, and all this for us. So you're going to do it. Right. Where the boxers have more power than the UFC. The, the UFC guys don't have the power. They have zero power of anything. Not, not like the boxers. Because the boxer goes, I'm not extension with him. I don't have to. Right. And that's why they make more money. That's why boxers make more. Um not that the UFC's guys don't want to make more. They just can't because they're controlled by the UFC. So why, why would you think, if that was true, yes. right, why would you think that Mayweather is blocking that fight? Is he scared that Tank might get beat? Uh, no. I, how, how do you figure that one takes the way? He's a beast. It's a beast. I, I would think so, right? It, it's a beast. And, and, and again, they're looking to see for more weaknesses what's going on. Um, but it, it makes sense to just have these guys fight each other. Um, um, but Mayweather, keep in mind, Mayweather is a very smart, intelligent guy. 
he plays with a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's number one. That's why he's number one. So he has a plan. So meaning he might say, yes, you're a good fight. But if I fight this guy and we pass this, it builds the numbers better. And Mayweather plays with numbers. And again, he's not playing checkers in the numbers. He's playing chess, how right. to make more money for his fighter and himself and a better reputation. So and that's what all, to be honest with you, all promoters do. So again, we may not like it. But that's what they're doing. You know, behind closed doors, they have plans going on. And and it's frustrating because not, and back in the old days, it wasn't like that. It was right. just like, hey, let's get these guys to fight. And, and whoever knocks someone out, doesn't matter. Let's keep it going. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be a dope fight to make. Um, Lomacheco called out Devin Haney. Yes. And Ooh, Devin that. Haney said no because you didn't want to fight me when, when I was coming up. Right, and that's stupid. That's that. that's that's stupid. What if you called them out? Then why now? Why are you backpedaling? That that's something. Again, I mean, there's a lot of truth to everything. How things are going on, um, you know, where you have your promoters trying to figure out how to do things. And then you got your fighter, dude. If if you want to prove yourself, now's the time to prove yourself. Right. If you if you're calling yourself a world champion, then fight the other world champions. And again, everybody wants to fight a guy that's who's gonna lose. And, and is not hungry. Well, I get it, but you know, it doesn't make your status that much better. That's why when Chavez, Julio Cesar Chavez fighting, he fought anybody you put in front of him. So even if you were a world champion, you were the challenger. Right. And, and Chavez says, I, I take on all challengers, meaning you're all champions. Come in. He didn't say no to you. That's why he was the great Julio Cesar Chavez. Oh. And, and for the Mexicans in those years, we're loving him oh hell yeah and, and they again, still do and if you were not mexican and you were not you were a chavez fan no matter what oh yeah because he just literally dominated his division and and it wasn't about money at that time there was no money in it so he just it's for pride and look where it got him yeah you know that's why he's considered one of the greats and i know i know we brought this up in the past and you said no there's no way but there's been talks of Shakur Stevenson fighting uh, uh, Oscar Valdez in December. Yeah, um, well, it would be a great fight. I, I think if it's, um, is it there? It's there. Um, I get props for um, props for um, Oscar and say, yeah, let's do it. Because I, like Oscar says, I'm not afraid of anybody. Right. And he says, if you want to fight me, fight me. I, I love that. I love that. So now it, it really, so now it's going to go to the promoters and see if they can come to an agreement on what's going to go on. But would that make a great fight? Hell I don't yeah. doubt they'll make a good fight. Um, boxing is not dead. It's alive. And there's good matches to be made. And, and if these guys want to step up to the plate, let them step up to the plate. Oh yeah. You know? And, and again, sometimes, you know, a loss, like let's say for Oscar Valdez, who has a zero loss. Even if he lost, it doesn't really destroy him. You know, it just it just picks him up and says, okay, let me move on. Right. And, and, you know, and continue what I'm doing. And it makes him, you know, a loss makes you stronger. I mean, look at Canelo. His loss made him a stronger fighter. Dude, he's been, he became a different uh, different fighter. A different, different fighter. And so that loss was not a bad loss. So, and that happened. And I've seen a lot of fighters that way. When they lost one fight, it made them better the next fight. So sometimes your worst enemy is yourself. And... Therefore, you could be undefeated, you know, like, oh, I'm 20 and 0 undefeated. And you kind of get lazy in training. And right. you don't want to hear anybody tell you what you need to do. Like, hey, I'm undefeated. Why fix something that's not broken? 
Right. And and then and all of a sudden you lose a fight and you realize, uh oh, I should have. You go into your room when the doors closed with the lights off and you start crying and you said, I should have listened <laughs> to these guys more. And you get too cocky, and that's and that's a fault of everybody. You, you know, even when you go to work, when you do a good job, you get a little too cocky, and you get fired the next day, yeah. like because you screwed up. Well, look what happened with Andy Reese. Oh, that's a prime example. Yeah. That's a prime example. This guy was on top of the mountain. He climbed hard to get there where he got, and when he got there, he tumbled all yeah. the way down. I nice do. one, coach. <laughs> nice one. Right. So. But, um, Hey, but he's 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 looking uh he's he's looking good. He's got a six pack now. He's Yo, got some he, strong ass legs. He does look good. He's yeah. got the Mike Tyson legs from back in the eighties. You know what? He, you see he, that? He does look good. I was like, he of course obviously he needed to lose the weight, and he's not just losing weight. He's he got added, a six pack. He's, he's building muscle, <laughs> and that's he's coming a terror. Oh, yeah. I, I I watched him train. He still has his fast hands mm-hmm. and losing that gut. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, one thing, one they he was, they interviewed him um, like a week or two ago, right? And they asked him about Deontay Wilder, right? And Anthony Joshua. He was like, "Don't ask me about that yet, because that's not my future. The only thing that I'm worried about right now is Chris Ariola." Right, and that's smart, and that's smart to do He's because like, you don't want to overpass and look at your opponent in front of you. And look at who's in front of you, because that's a good point. And he and he he never used to talk like that, right? You know what I mean? No, and that's good because he's learned other fighters have lost, yeah, by getting cocky. Look where it got him, you know. So, and that's a prime example. And again, Andy from this loss, which is a valuable, because he was at the top of the mountain and he lost it, and he realized, oh my goodness, I was stupid, mm-hmm. I was dumb, I was a pendejo. I could keep on going, <laughs> you know. Now he realized, okay, I got to keep what I had, and he had it. it, it even now, he goes, if I trained what I'm doing now, I would have kept the belt and I would have been on top. Hell yeah. So, again, by taking this loss that he did because he, he didn't get beat because he was, you know, that he, he sucked. He sucked because he just didn't care to train him and put on stupid weight. Well, he went in, what, 16 pounds over than what he did in the first fight? How much? 16? I think it was more than that. Was it? Yeah, it was more than that. No, it was 16 pounds, right? It was 16 pounds over from the first fight. Okay. Of the day of weigh-in. The day of the fight, right. he gained like another eight or nine pounds. Yeah, so it was, a, was like, it, it was an asinine gain of weight. So that means you're a heavyweight. You, what are you trying to do to get even heavier? But that didn't make sense what he did. So um, especially on the first fight, he, can, he proved himself that he could knock down Joshua. Um, yeah. Not just once. Twice. But twice. And so it was twice, right? Yeah, it was twice. Yeah. And you had that going in. That could have, you know, continued, but you screwed that up. But again, hopefully he, you know, he learned and he makes a good fight. And again, and he's focused. That's the main thing. Oh, yeah. What happens to fighters, it's easy to get out of focus. And so you got to really stay focused. And, you know, they're, and they're smart because they keep them, they're watching them. They don't, they're not letting him run in the streets trying to meet his girlfriend, you know. <laughs> Or his cousin. Well, they're, they're, I, keep, they're keeping a, a good watch and say, "Hey, look, we're gonna give you, we're gonna feed you, we're gonna work you. You're staying in camp where we can watch you and train you. That's a smart thing to do. Then you can't, you have no rights to leave. It's like you're yeah. in prison." And I, and I think the fact that he's in Canelo's camp right. is, is that it's like okay, this is serious shit, right? It's I'm with the best boxer of right now. True. In his camp. 
and he's in and he's and he's in a good crowd of of world champions. Oh yeah, and Oscar so Valdez, Canelo, Ryan Garcia, right? Uh, that big old Cuban, what's right? his name? Exactly, he's a world champion. World too. champion, yeah. So he's in he's in a good place, and so he has to watch. You know, he's seeing what they're doing, their success. So he's in a good place to be. Yeah. So, and again, that's the whole thing. Um, you know, he has nowhere to get. You know, like I said, he, when he won the when he won the title, he got all this money, and he went ahead and spent it. Oh yeah. You know, like like a, like a kid in a candy store. I want everything, and, and he paid the pro- the biggest price he can do. So what's next? What's next? Uh, who's fighting next? Canelo next? No, uh, Bubu Andre's fighting next week. Who is? Bubu Andre. Bubu Andre. Okay. He's fighting next week, and then after that, I think it's just gonna be Canelo. Canelo, yeah. Which. And, Billy, and who's Canelo fighting? Billy Joe Saunders. Ooh, He's a European Canelo. Yeah, it, it, it should be good. Uh, that one is going to be a good fight. That should be a much better fight. Um, and again, um, winning on a W on his last fight with a knockout, he still has to stay focused. Yep. And because Billy Joe is not a guy to relax on. So, and Billy Jones knows what's in front of him. Yeah. So he's got to put in the work and he says, I just can't make easy work because Canelo's not someone to just to walk over just because, you know, a little guy like Mayweather beat him. He's gotten better. And if I could beat this guy, I'm now on top of the mountain. So it really, it should be, this one should be a lot more exciting of a fighter. Uh, I hope so. So I think this one goes a distance. It it could, if, if, if Billy Joe moves around and boxes, not stand there and brawl with well, he hasn't really brawled with anybody. He's been he's been boxing yeah. everybody. Yeah, and that's and that's what it takes to win. And he's yeah. undefeated with thirty and zero, correct? Yeah. So that's that's what he needs. So thirty and zero and twenty knockouts. That's a that's a good record. So it's something to see. You know, but yeah, I think I can't wait for that to be honest with you. But um, other than that, coach, you got anything? No, I think we did good. You know, the two lovebirds are not here, so yeah. we can move on from that. And um, it was good. It was a good conversation today, and I, I love it. So. And more good, great boxing to come up with. So we have a good year in front of us. Yes, sir. Well, Coach, let's uh, go off and enjoy the rest of this Sunday. I agree. We'll be back next week. Uh, uh, no, two no, weeks. Two weeks, actually. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, yo, peace. Boxing, Out. Boxing Club Podcast. Out.